We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast monday april 25th 2022 ladies and gentlemen it's finally draft week yes the green bay packers will pick players they will pick twice presumably on thursday night a couple more times on friday night and a few times on saturday as well with a lot of attention as to what they're going to do in that first round, uh, considering obviously the big trade for Devontae Adams and everything and the, the big need that they have at their receiving core and everything like that. And I know everybody loves a good mock draft, and this will be the last week that you have to deal with those for a little while until, well, what, Sunday morning. I'm sure we'll get a way too early 2023 mock draft with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson and, and some of those studs that will be coming out next year for that process. Hopefully when the Packers are picking 32nd after winning the franchise's uh, 14th world championship and fifth Super Bowl title. But today I went through and I used the, the draft network simulator. And like I, you know, always say my disclaimer at the top is those are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but it's better than just randomly throwing players and throwing darts and saying, this guy will be there. And then you can't say, well, he'll never be there. Well, he was in my simulation. So this is who I took. At that specific case, these are players I would take in these spots based on my personal rankings, my uh, perception of the team's needs, my perception of the players in this draft class, all that kind of stuff. So this is where I went um, in my it, it was a little surprising. I did include trades in this mock, but I did not have to move up until later in the draft. And I do want to start actually before that and just mention a couple pieces of news and just some things I found interesting. Drake Jackson from USC, Romeo Dubes of Nevada, who you'll find out a little bit more about here in just a little bit. There's a teaser uh, that they visited Green Bay um, to meet the team and, and the Packers. Presumably I'm of the belief, you know, on day three that they're going to find a guy. Jake Morley talks about me with, about this to me all the time with Kansas city, the chiefs, they have a, or a, a Taub guy, Dave Taub guy the guy that they just draft four special teams. And I think the Packers are going to have that with Rich Passaccia. And I think the best way to do that is to give him a return. Or I thought the best way to do that was through a veteran, but they've chosen not to go that route. Maybe they're thought of a veteran as Amari Rogers. I sincerely hope not. Um, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not giving up on Amari Rogers, but I, when you're not high on a pick and nothing happens to change it, 
then you're naturally still not high on the player. So as somebody who wasn't initially high on Amari Rogers, I haven't seen anything to change that thought process, but I digress. The point is, I think that Dubes could be the guy that Green Bay potentially targets as their Basaccia guy. Um, like I said, I was hoping it would be a veteran. I know they talked to Ray Ray McLeod uh, at the combine. I know they um, fans were hoping for Jakeem Grant, but the Jakeem Grant thing never happened. Um, and maybe that was just wishful considering he torched the Packers on a Sunday night football game this past December when he was playing for the Chicago Bears. Uh, that didn't happen either, so they're going a different direction. We'll see what happens on that side of things. The other bit of news is from Pro Football Network where Tony Pauline said that his sources are telling him that Green Bay will trade out of the first round if a receiver doesn't fall to them at their pick. To which my question is, are they trading out of the first round twice? Are they not selecting a pass catcher at all at 22? Like, is that not even a consideration? I don't really know exactly what it means. And I didn't talk to Tony, so I don't know. I'm sure he'll clarify in the coming days exactly what that means. But I don't buy it. Uh, that's not to say that maybe Tony's not being told that. I don't think he's making that up out of thin air. Certainly would never accuse him of that. I just think that that's not Brian Gutekunst's MO. When Gutekunst sees something, he has stuck and picked in the first round once in his tenure as a general manager. And it was last year when he stuck and picked Eric Stokes. Um, so there was that. Other than that, he's traded up and he traded down and traded up in some drafts. Uh, he did that with Jair Alexander. He stayed and picked Rashawn Gary, but he also traded up to get Darnell Savage. So I count that as a year he moved up to get a guy. Would he have done that if he only had picked 12? Who knows? We'll never know. Um, he moved up, obviously, famously to get Jordan Love. So I just don't think that's Gutekunst's demo. Uh, the other topic I want to touch on is Kadarius Tony because I've seen that come through a lot. And I really feel like this is just a case of, well, he's a receiver and he plays for somebody else, so he's got to be good, so the Packers should trade for him. My take on him is the fact that he is a top 20 pick. He was picked 20th last year by the Giants. And I know the Giants aren't exactly the pinnacle of stability with their franchise, but one year later, they're trying to trade him. Those are enormous red flags to me. Not just that, but you add in that he had some red flags reportedly coming into the draft from a character standpoint. And if the giants are going to be willing to trade him after one season, you can kind of connect some dots there. I don't want to expect speculate on what exactly those things are, but there are clearly some issues if they're finally, or finally, if they're already looking to wash their hands of this guy and trade for him. So if green Bay were to be interested, what would I give up if I were the general manager and thank everything that you value in your life, that I am not the general manager of the green Bay Packers, but if it were me, I would offer a conditional sixth round pick and that's it. Maybe a swap of Amari Rogers to sweeten the pot, so to speak. And maybe that means that I won't get that player, but that's okay. Like I'm just not over. I know he was a first round player. I was enamored with him uh, watching him on tape last year. He was one of my first initial draft crushes. I just wouldn't do it. And the Packers liked him reportedly. Bob McGinn reported last year that they were talking about trading up to get him. And they didn't do that. Uh, and it appears, thankfully so, one year later that they did not trade up and get Kadarius Tony. So that's me. Conditional sixth. Otherwise, whatever. Let him go. He can stay with the Giants or he can go somewhere else. And if he – I hope he does well. I hope he goes somewhere else, finds his footing, and, and becomes a good NFL player because I root for all these guys because I know how hard they work to get into those things. But me personally, just not a risk I would take, especially considering 
some of the guys in the locker room that Green Bay has and, and the situation that they're in where they're trying to win a championship. And I, I just can't see a guy who was a first-round pick that wasn't overly productive and you're not 100% sure what he is in the NFL yet is going to be the difference between them getting over the top. And I just don't think the reward outweighs the risk in this case. So let's get to the fun stuff. Here's the draft. Uh, my first pick, I, I got all the way down and I looked into potentially moving up. Uh, but in the simulations, they wanted one of my second-round picks to move up uh, – nine spots to number 13. So I didn't think that was worth it considering some of the receivers that were on the board, some of the pass rushers that were on the board. And then we got to pick number 22 and I was choosing between two players and I chose uh, between George Kalarftis, the edge rusher from Purdue, who is my personal uh, third rusher behind Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, but the, I didn't go that route uh, because Chris Olave was available and I took Chris Olave at 22. I basically kind of gave the nod to the fact that there's a massive need there. And right now my starting receivers, if the Packers start tomorrow are Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and presumably Sammy Watkins. And then on the edge, on the other side, and I'm a believer you need three or four pass rushers. I certainly think that way. Uh, however, I can look in the eye and say like, I have Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. So I gave the nod over what I think is a more important position, which is a pass rusher to the bigger need in this case of the receiver. And Olave, I've, I've talked about this the last time I did one of these with you guys. He's my number one receiver. That hasn't changed over the time. I think he's the best receiver in this class. I have him just a notch above Jamison Williams of Alabama. Uh, Jamison Williams was taken a few picks prior, so I was not able to draft him. Those guys are one and one A as far as I'm concerned, um, one in like a very close two between those guys. I tend to think the Packers are going to think Jamison Williams is their number one receiver, but that's just based on things LaFleur has said and, and just kind of connecting some dots that way. But I took Olave and uh, I was hoping Kalarftis would fall to, you know, 25 and maybe getting a chance to, to move up for him there. But he went the very next pick to Arizona. Uh, so the Cardinals took him to replace Chandler Jones. And that'll be something that if that happens, we'll be being paying close attention to, because I think Karlaftis could be somebody that could be a, a top you know, a starter as soon as 2023, you know, you've got uh, Preston Smith who signed a new contract, but it's essentially like five one-year contracts that he has throughout his time. And Rashawn Gary's entering, you know, his fifth season will be not this year, but next year. And maybe a contract gets done. Maybe one doesn't. Uh, I would tend to lean towards the side overwhelmingly that it will just because typically it has. I know everybody always points out the Devonte Adams thing. And it's like, that's, still pretty much the exception to what has been the general rule that the Packers get those things done. But if it gives you some pause, that's fair. It gives me the 1% pause. Otherwise I would be sitting here saying hundred percent. It will get done. So I gave the nod to Olave. I was bummed. I couldn't move up and get Karlaftis. Uh, and then it got to pick number 28 where I was picking between reaching for my estimation, reaching for an edge rusher like Arnold Abakiti or someone like David Ojabo. And I just, I couldn't pull the trigger on an injured player. And not just that, but when you had somebody, Daxton Hill is one of my favorite safeties in this class. He's number two for me, right behind Kyle Hamilton, of course, out of Notre Dame. But the other guy is the guy I took, and that is Lewis Seen, the safety from Georgia. Eric Crocker was on the Gold Zone over on Game on Wisconsin. You could check that out on our YouTube channel if you want to find that. But he was raving about this guy, somebody that could play that Henry Black role for them next season and able to maybe start next year. If, if Adrian Amos is not retained, if Darnell Savage isn't retained, that's certainly a possibility as well. But I think Lewis seen just adds, 
he had some oomph to that back end. And I know that's a real technical scouting term that I just used there, but he gives some, some punch to the back end of that secondary. And I also think that he gives some speed too. And this Packer secondary certainly isn't. It's funny because we think back to the days of like Ladarius Gunter and, and guys like that and names we've talked about over and over again, just how slow that defense was. It's not anymore. This Packers defense and a credit to Brian Gutekunst for doing this. They are built with big, fast, physical freaks. And, and that's something where, you know, I know a lot of people talk about Raz scores and, and how they take more athletes than football players and all that sort of stuff. But really the best football players are usually the best athletes. And the Packers have kind of banked on that over the last couple of years. Seen is another one of those guys. Uh, and I thought that he was the best player at that time. I then explored moving up um, to grab Abakiti or Ojabo, but they went like 34 and 36 respectively. It just wasn't something I was going to be able to do. And frankly, it worked out really well because I ended up going a different route here in the second and the third round. And my first, second round pick, I got to pick number 53 and I paired two of my favorite receivers in this class together. I took George Pickens, the wide receiver from Georgia. It will not surprise me. And I know this has been, has been said by others. This isn't exactly a unique analysis, but it will not surprise me if five years from now, George Pickens is the best receiver in this draft class. Alpha dog X receiver played in the SEC. And I think the Packers are going to love him. That physical nastiness that edgy brings in the run game. You guys have seen, you know, the videos of him getting into some scuffles a little bit. Uh, I watched him. I remember the college football playoff. He shushes the Michigan sideline, buries Daxton Hill, who's going to be a first round pick in this class, by the way, buries him, gets up and shushes them again. That's what I'm like. This dude's nasty. He can play and he's going to be really, and I think he's going to be a good receiver. And he's somebody that could certainly be in the mix to be a immediate contributor for this Packers team. And these guys I took, you know, Pickens and Olave, I think both of them could be immediate contributors to this passing game. Uh, you have then, you know, you look at your receiving court, Lazard and Cobb and Watkins, like I mentioned earlier, Amari Rogers is a holdover. And then you add Olave and Pickens to that. Sammy Watkins might not even make the team if something like this happens. I still think he would, but it's possible. You know, Devin Funches was a guy coming into the year. Again, we were talking about a guy that, Maybe he doesn't make the team. Maybe he does. He has some issues in training camp, says something stupid. That's not why he got cut. Eventually he just got cut because he was injured and a bunch of other stuff. But the Packers were better off. Funches doesn't change anything for this Packers team. Watkins may not fundamentally change anything for this Packers team. I think he could be productive if he's healthy, but that's that last phrase right there is the one that, that really stings is if he's healthy. So adding some insurance, and I'm a believer that, you know, if the Packers haven't added a high-level veteran, and I'm talking about, you know, trading for – DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, Debo Sam, somebody like that. And I don't know if they will. I don't even know if those guys are available. I just know what's been rumored and discussed. And the Packers can't trade for somebody that the team doesn't want to trade to them. There's that as well. But if they can't do that, then I think they got to add two pass catchers in the first two round, first three rounds, excuse me. So with their first five picks, I think two of them need to be pass catchers. So I was able to do that. I was very happy about that. Six picks later, I held my breath. And in real life, this is someone I think could be a consideration for the Packers as soon as pick number 22. Certainly at pick number 28. I got him at pick 59 in this simulation, and I was thrilled. Travis Jones, defensive lineman for UConn. He's one of my favorites. Uh, he's behind Jordan Davis, and that's about it for me. I think he's going to be – he gives you that upside in the run game immediately, and I think he has pass rush upside as well. I like him infinitely more. The more we've gotten through this process than I do Devontae Wyatt, Devontae Wyatt's 25, 24, whatever. 
He's got some issues in his past with domestic violence. He's got some character concerns. It's somebody that I don't think the Packers would take until like this range. He wasn't available in this simulation. And even if he was, I would have taken Jones over him. Jones, I think adds in, you have, you know, you could give him a year. He could be a guy that sits behind Jerron Reed and Dean Lowry. And then eventually forms that power tandem with Kenny Clark uh, next year with TJ Slayton. But I think he can give you something on that and the ability to become eventually a pass rusher in addition to that run stopper that Green Bay is going to need, especially if they're going to play some of these light boxes the way that they did last year with Devondre Campbell and their defensive line on the front. So Travis Jones. So through four picks, I've gotten Chris Olave, Louis Seen, George Pickens, and Travis Jones. And honestly, I could go to bed after this and be just fine. Like it would be a home run draft as far as I'm concerned if something like this were to take place. As we got into the third round, the New York Giants came calling and they had pick number 67. And they offered for pick 92 and pick 140. So one of the fourth round picks that I have. Uh, and I took it. I was like, that's a three and a four to move up, you know, 25 spots. I'm no mathematician, but yeah, that's I think that's 25 spots. And I grabbed a defensive lineman slash edge, DeMarvin Leal, a former five-star recruit out of Texas A&M. Uh, he was a guy that was being mocked in the top 10 as early as this season. So I think that that's somebody that could give the Packers some upside. And you heard Jerry Montgomery talking about how they needed another interior rusher body type. This is somebody I think the Packers could move all over the line of scrimmage. Somebody that I think the Packers could move, uh, like I said, to the edge, to the middle of their defense and just kind of build him up to be, maybe he becomes that rotational guy behind Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. Maybe he kind of, he won't be this player. So don't take it this way, but Zadarius Smith, where he plays inside sometimes plays outside other times and kind of moves over the line of scrimmage. But I think he, I do think he's another guy that the Packers are going to really like. Gutekunst has typically shown a, an affinity for players with that pedigree, five-star recruit, SEC, stuff like that. So I think that that's somebody that they're really going to like. To me, that was definitely worth moving up those picks for. Um, and ultimately, the, the Giants ended up taking a, an off-ball linebacker 30 picks later that the Green Bay just isn't ever going to take. And I was able to still get some guys that I like as I got into day three. And as I mentioned, this is a five-round mock. Um, I could go through round six and seven for you guys, but those are mostly preferred undrafted free agents. I, I certainly ascribe to the theory that the draft is five rounds long. And, you know, rounds the Packers don't even have a sixth-round pick as of right now. they got three picks in the seventh. Um, you know, those will be guys that I think will primarily be used as, as picks for special teams and maybe something – as a returner, maybe a specialist, um, if they like a kicker or something like that, I don't think they'll take the punter from San Diego State just because they signed Pat O'Donnell and Rich Passaccia spoke very highly of him. So I don't think they're drafting a punter and I'm, I'm completely fine with that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So got through the third round. I got up to pick 67 and took DeMarvin Leal. I've added two players to my front seven, two pass catchers and a safety. Got to pick 132 in the fourth round. And somebody, I can't remember who it was for the life of me. And I apologize to the person who did do this, but he said, if you had to bet on someone to be at one draft prospect, to be a Green Bay Packer, who would your pick be? And that could mean, you know, in the first round, it could mean in the seventh round. Um, my pick was Zach Tom because he's a, he's a left tackle experience. He's a move. He can move. He's got quickness. He's got the ability to get to the second level. He's going to, he's going to kick inside and play guard. He's developed in his body. He played at the shrine game. Shout out Owen Reese to be able to do that. He just screams everything that the Packers have done on day three with their offensive linemen. And I think that's exactly where this route goes. So pick 132, Zach Tom, the offensive tackle out of Wake Forest is who I grabbed and I was able to take him. And I think that Adam Stenovich talked not that long ago and said they need a guy or two uh, at their tackle spot. And that could be something that, you know, that could mean that have, that has led some people to believe that maybe it'll be a first round pick. I don't think so. Um, I just think that this tackle class doesn't really lend itself to the Packers taking guy unless they go outside their thresholds, which they certainly could. Um, but I tend to think they're still taking three offensive linemen on the third day of the draft. And the first one of this case would be Zach Tom. Um, and I think that he's somebody who is fit to be not the same player again. Like I'm not making a compare. I don't even like doing player comps because like you guys have seen around the internet in recent memory that everybody's comparing a receiver that's taking a handoff to Debo Samuel. That's why I don't like doing stuff like that because there's a, there's been so many freaking players that have played in the national football league that, it's impossible. I just, I don't think it does anything for you to, to make a comp like that. But the, the player that just in terms of what he could do, he sits for a year or two, maybe plays some tackle for them and eventually becomes a long-term starter at guard. Uh, TJ Lang, somebody like that. Uh, Josh Sitton, somebody like that to where Tom maybe is a, a swing tackle for a little while, or maybe there he's that fourth tackle behind the guys they have. I'm of the belief that when everyone's healthy, their starting tackles are going to be when everyone's healthy. David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. Uh, and, and in which case, Yosh Nyman becomes your swing tackle. And then you have your fourth tackle like that. 
uh, be Zach Tom. And then eventually somebody that could play guard as well. They, they like that. They've done that. You know, Royce Newman was somebody that's like that. They moved him. He's played right tackle, played right tackle in college, moved inside, started at right guard for the Packers for pretty much the entire season right before the playoffs. And they, and they like guys like that. John Runyon Jr. is another example of somebody like that. He played left tackle at Michigan. So they're starting left guard. He's played right guard. I think he'll be their right guard. If Elton Jenkins comes back and plays guard, John Runyon's going to be their right guard, I think, of the future because he's been rock solid. But Zach Tom was my pick at pick 132, and then I got to sit for a while because I traded pick 140 to go get DeMarvin Leal. And at pick 171, I was really hoping to be able to get Chig Okonkwo, and I butcher his name every time I say it, the tight end out of Maryland. Wasn't able to do that. He went four picks prior to me. Um didn't know if I was going to have to move up for somebody like that. Frankly, chose not to um, just because there were other guys that I liked that were on the board. So in this case, I looked for my Bisaccia guy. Who's my Bisaccia guy? And I wanted a a guy who could bring some juice to the return game. The Packers have not had that since it feels like Alan Rossum. And I know I'm exaggerating when I say that, but it feels like it's been a very long time since they've had somebody that could bring some juice to the return game. So out of Nevada, I took the wide receiver and punt returner, Romeo Dubes. Uh, Dubs, I think is actually how you pronounce that name. So I've probably butchered that the entire time. But he visited Green Bay. He could potentially do something for them as a pass catcher. He offers some upside as a receiver, which is a good thing. I think you don't want to just draft a specialist because in order for that pick to be worth it, he has to be like Devin Hester. So in order for a specialist pick to become worthwhile, you're talking about the greatest returner in NFL history. That's tough. So the fact that he can offer you some upside in that way, I think could be beneficial to Green Bay. And at bare minimum as a rookie, a fifth-round pick contributing is a very positive thing. And you think back to like Aaron Jones as a rookie, him contributing as a fifth-round pick, that's a win. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, that was that was a win. You know, And they, that overall pick was a win for the Packers. And I'll talk more about that stuff later this week. But his ability then, if he just steps in and they say, okay, you are our kickoff returner and you are our punt returner. Two positions Green Bay really struggled at last year. Their punt return situation was famously bad. Not quite as bad as it was in 2019 where they were in the negative before Tyler Irvin got there, but it wasn't good. And you can't tell me you didn't hold your breath every time you saw whoever, and it didn't matter. This isn't even an Amari Rogers bash session. Whoever it was back there, didn't matter. You didn't feel comfortable. Randall Cobb muffed a punt last year against the Los Angeles Rams. There's one example. David Moore, we thought was going to be the greatest returner of all time and then ended up on the COVID list and then wasn't elevated for the Packers' only playoff game this past year. So Amari Rodgers became their punt returner in the playoffs. And I just don't know if he's explosive enough to do that anyways. So getting somebody who's a little more explosive, let Amari Rodgers work on his craft as their jet motion, slot receiver, whatever it is their their plan for him is, and their plan for him is hard to kind of gather just because they're he, they didn't use him last year. And there could be a bunch of reasons for that. Certainly the acquisition of Randall Cobb plays into that. Um, Amari Rogers not being ready for prime time plays into that. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into that. But I think taking the punt return thing off his plate or at minimum adding some competition to that could be something that's very positive for him. And do, Dubs is somebody that I think could win that, that role, win that job. And then on the kickoff return side of things, I mean, the Packers, I still, I love Jamal Williams. Not a bigger fan in the world of Jamal Williams than me but he returned kickoffs in an NFC championship game two years ago. That is just wild to me that that happened. Malik Taylor was returning kickoffs last year. That's just not something that makes much sense to me as something that happened. Um, Amari Rogers was returning kickoffs. Like they just don't have a guy 
that when they stick him back there, you're like, man, this guy could house this. Or they're going to get it. He's going to get us to the 35, 40, 45 yard line. And even if the blocking schemes and all that stuff are better, there's just non explosive athletes back there. Not the case with this guy. So if they throw him back there, I think you at minimum have at least upgraded those two spots. And that's something the Packers should be looking to do. I think that's a position that Gutekunst has done a really good job with a lot of things in his tenure as a Packers general manager. He has butchered the returner position several times over. And like it got bad enough to the point where we all thought Tyler Irvin was probably a lot better than what he was. And Irvin's not currently in the NFL. So that kind of tells you what the rest of the league thinks of him. And then last year, Amari Rogers just wasn't it. And the Packers didn't fix it. And ultimately the special teams did help cost them a playoff game. Not in the way that this could have been, but would it have surprised you at all? Say green Bay escapes that 49ers game with a win. If, one of the returners fumbles a punt or a kickoff in the NFC championship in the following week. Probably not. Probably not. So that's a position that Gutekunst needs to upgrade. And it's one they've gone through a lot of different guys since he's been here. Um, one of the more exciting punt returns that's happened is somebody that will never, ever be a punt returner ever again in green Bay. And that's Jair Alexander. I remember him returning one against Atlanta in that was the Joe Philbin era. That was against Atlanta, I believe. It might have been against Arizona, um, but it was well. Then it wouldn't have been the Joe Philbin era if that were the case. But that season, Alexander is not returning punts, so you can we can put that to bed. But that's I mean that's just an example of how Green Bay has struggled so mightily at that position over the last couple of years. To where like if somebody gains ten yards, like David Moore had one return of thirty yards last year. Like, oh, man, could this guy change everything for them? And then the Packers were just kind of like, eh. Let him go at the end of the year. I believe he signed in Chicago, so good luck to David Moore there. But he'll probably become, like, the greatest punt returner ever because that's what happens when you go to Chicago. Um, it's just a position they need to get right, and that's something I chose to do here at pick 171. I think the Packers could do that, and that's something they could do even sooner. You know, if they keep their two fourth-round picks – Maybe Vellis Jones is somebody that they really like earlier. That's their Bisaccia guy, and they try and grab a returner that way. Maybe they grab a running back, something like that that could return kicks. Um, you know, they're going to have options, and I think that's something they're going to look to and emphasize. Uh, but, you know, the receivers, for example, that I took, those are guys that aren't going to be able to be returners. They're both – that's not in their skill set. So just to recap real quick, let's go through these. Pick 22, I took Chris Olave, wide receiver from Ohio State. Pick 28, I took Lewis Seen, the safety out of Georgia. Pick 53, I took George Pickens, the wide receiver out of Georgia. little double dip there. Pick 59, I took Travis Jones, the defensive lineman out of UConn. And then I traded up in the third round to grab DeMarvin Leal, the edge defensive lineman from Texas A&M from the Giants using pick 140. Pick Zach Tom at pick 132 out of Wake Forest, offensive tackle. And then Romeo Dubs, the wide receiver slash punt returner from Nevada. If the Packers did that, well, it's my draft. I give my own draft an A. Of course I do. What do you guys think? Let me know. Hit the comments at Packaday Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all that fun stuff. You can find things there. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. You can find me this week at Game on WI on Twitter. Really looking forward to the draft and this stuff finally being put to bed. And we can start talking about the 2022 Green Bay Packers. And hopefully, this is the one hope, the one hope I have for the draft because the last two have sucked. The Aaron Rodgers saga last year made the entire draft unenjoyable. And I mean, that just was what it was. I'm not going to 
beat the dead horse on, on everything like that. But that made the whole thing unenjoyable. And then the year prior, they picked Jordan Love, and that wasn't enjoyable either because everybody spends their entire time dunking on the Packers. This year, maybe that'll happen if they don't take a receiver in the first round. But whatever. Like, I don't care personally if that's what they're doing. I just don't want the drama. <laughs> Frankly, that's a, I don't want the drama. That's the biggest thing for me. So enjoy the draft, guys. That'll be Thursday. I will be here with you guys most of this week. Uh, I will definitely be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'll be back again um, Sunday for next Monday. So looking forward to spending some time with you guys this week. Thank you to Andy Herman for letting me do this. Follow him on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL and look forward to spending the rest of this week with you guys. Thanks for listening. And I will see you again. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.